1: Hashtag no music no intro that shit throws me off every time. Goddamn it, Zoom. Uh, we got our our guy back on the show, Greg Rosenthal, sixty percent G. Doesn't know what is didn't get a stimulus. This man's just living living the best <laughs> the best life right now. <laughs> Friend of the show. This is your third appearance on the hashtag Six Word Podcast. We actually. Like the last time we were on was like last year, pre-pandemic. Like no, it was no, no it, was, it was pandemic. It was the pandemic because we started the show through the pandemic. It feels like it was longer than that. Um, what's going on, man? How you doing?
2: I was one of your first guests, but now you waited till you just had like nothing to talk about. Wow! Like, hey, let's get wow. Greg back. A, wow! We don't know what we're gonna talk about in early June. <laughs> get Rosenthal.
3: Man, tum- tumbleweeds out here, man. Like nothing. <sighs>
1: <laughs> bro, I I know I'm a football fan because like I was on Twitter very briefly today and I saw like some OTA observations and shit and I like got a little excited
3: like I was like <gasps> and then it's sick it's a, it's a sick tre- tre- Trevor Lawrence completing passes and shit it's yeah like- bro I was like <gasps> Ooh how <laughs> sick how sick of me
1: uh, of course Greg Rolathal nfl.com uh fixture of the around the nfl podcast um this man just put out how many like how many articles was it where you did the projected starter series for the nfc afc
2: that was um, eight 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 eight. one per division sixteen thousand words or so come on come on
3: man and that's like that's the that's the rosenthal piece i wait on every year it's like Okay. Yeah. When did that motherfucker drop? Cause <laughs> I know it's going to be some meat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's it's like, the, should... I feel like I'm ready to, that, I'm ready to go to the season. I'm not right, getting yeah. into OTAs. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I do want to read up on some of this stuff. Cause you, you can, you can learn some of it, but that's something where being old and having gone through this enough that I, now I don't put anything into it. And I used to say, I don't put anything into it, but I still would. And like read it all. And like in, in, and fall for some stuff. And now I, I literally just, I just ignore any evaluation uh, until camp starts. It doesn't matter. It doesn't
3: matter. Well, well, Sean Payton agrees with you because he was like, we ain't doing none of that shit.
2: Right. <laughs> just, that says just, it all too, man. If some teams are choosing like, no, we're not even going to do it. Like that, that tells you all you need to know.
1: <laughs> um, so that series is amazing. Um, and the thing I like about it as a Saints fan and even as a, just a general NFL fan is it kind of like refocus, refocuses like, OK, like, oh, shit, this player went here. Oh, shit, this player is like a starter yeah. and just completely like refocuses your thoughts around the league. I know that you guys went into depth into depth about it today on the show. Um, so I don't want to rehash everything, but I'll. I'll when we kind of hit this last time you were on the show. Like, what's the most, I don't know, the most surprising thing that mm. that you took away when you, after you did the from AFC, NFC, most surprising thing from a team that you were just like, damn, this is, mm. didn't expect this.
2: Like, well, how the whole South just kind of looks trashy, the AFC South. <laughs> it used to be like the worst division in football and we, you know, sort of like make fun of every year. And I I would try to like, hope it would come up. And then it it has been solid the last couple of years, but this year, man, like the Titans offense, just, they don't have anyone behind AJ Brown. Um, And no
1: Arthur Smith, which is a a huge factor with the talent
2: too. Right. And they don't have anyone at tight end and their offensive lines. Okay. The defense actually looks good on paper, but Vrabel always, takes a bunch of players that look good on paper and it doesn't seem to work out much and then right. the, the the colts colts seem like they took a step back on both sides of the ball they lost defensive oh. linemen offensive linemen uh and they got carson Wentz. so that's a problem you know the texans you guys know about the Texans. but even just like kind of going through their roster is just comical you're like okay so going into this week they had um You know, Mark Ingram's got to be down there, being like, "Okay, I gotta, I gotta beat out David Johnson. Uh, That's doable." Like they they kept him because he had guaranteed money. And then, oh, what you're bringing in Philip Lindsey? Come on, man! And then this week it's like, what you're You're bringing in Rex Burkhead? It's like you know that you know these Easter you know guy. He's got to be playing Rex Burkhead. Come on. They're like, yep, they're gonna call down from the top and be like, yeah, you got, you got to play Rex. That's just how we <laughs> do things around here. Even yeah, like the works.
1: Texas wide receivers, it's Brandon Cooks, Chris Conley, um, Randall Cobb. It's just such a miss. it's it's gross. Bro. It's gross. <laughs> it's gross. And the
2: Jags actually kind of yeah. look fun on paper, and so, yeah. but I, I could see this whole team looking under 500. And I think Jags fans are understandably excited, thinking like, dang, we might. Pull off like a Washington football team win the division with eight wins or seven wins or something.
3: Yeah, yeah, I could see them being kind of like the Chargers last year. Like if if Trevor Lawrence is good, like you know, like we expect, like you know, it looks fun. It's fun to watch, but they don't win a lot of games. You know what I'm saying?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Char- actually, I'm glad you mentioned the Chargers. They they were kind of the other team that stuck out for bad reasons. Because I'm ready to just ride the bandwagon here because I just love Herbert. Yeah. But but I don't know. It, the, the offensive line, everyone's like so focused on that, you know, fixing that, that'll fix everything. And it does look really good on paper, but that that's unpredictable. And then you look Joe at like
1: Lombardi. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah, you got your boy Joe Lombardi. And then you look in the front seven other than Bosa and you're thinking like who who else is good in this front seven? And they, they can, redid can their second Murray, like that yeah, he lo- uh, he looked pretty good late last season. That's fair. And then after Allen and Mike Williams, we're good. But you're you're when you start saying Mike Williams is gonna be your Michael Thomas, I'm just thinking uh, like he's not Michael Thomas, and they don't have a third receiver. You gonna get into the Chargers? Come on, you basically live in in San Diego now. I mean, I know they're not the San Diego Chargers now. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Am I gonna like become a fan <laughs> of the Chargers? Well, you're down in Orange part? County. They they're trying to be like the Orange County Chargers sometimes.
1: I mean, I, if someone said, hey, I have a game to go to the Chargers, would I go to it? Like, I would go to it just to see Justin Herbert play in person because I think he's behind Mahomes, like the best young quarterback in the league. And I don't think it's even close.
2: They're playing the Chiefs um, on um, a Thursday night or a Monday night. I forget what it was, but it, it was a standalone game. And, and I immediately told my editor, like, I want dib, dibs on going yeah. to that game.
1: Hell yeah. Want that one. I yes. want that one. Yeah, bro. Um, but no, I, I am not because I, as a Saints fan, I, I know what it is like to be a Saints fan. And I've seen the Chargers charger, like, enough times. And so, I'm good. Plus, like, I know Brendan Staley was great with the Rams. And I know he may potentially transform the defense. But and this is like old hat, but like it just seemed like the wise thing to do would have Justin Herbert with an offensive-minded coach because we saw when he was in college what it was like when he was with the defensive-minded coach um, and Eric the enemy type of thing, but obviously mm-hmm. that didn't happen. Um, I think Brandon Staley showed that last year with the Rams, he did a great job, and maybe he can move those pieces around, but we've seen the, the Joel Lombardi... Led team before when he was in detroit and uh, not not induced plus like you, you lost Hunter henry you replaced that you replaced Hunter henry with jared cook Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't i don't know i, I don't know
2: i want to hear ryan like just tell me your your thoughts on jared the jared cook era
3: and, and, oh man! Because like,
2: I tried to it, tell both of you, I swear I had this conversation at least with Adam. I was like, "I'm telling you, man, there's gonna be moments where jerry they're coming." It
3: just, yeah, and it just made sense because, I mean, how many, how many teams has he been with? You know, it is like they give up for a reason. It's like something ain't right with the dude. It's just not right. <laughs> like he's, yes, he's athletic and he makes plays. The dude, like last year. I mean, I don't think anybody could read him. It was like, well, this is going to be the year he came on last year towards it. And it's like, that's the story of Jared Cook. Like he comes on strong that one year and you think like the next year is going to be it. But that dude, man, that dude is like so frustrating, man. It's like the the mistakes he makes are like, like costly mistakes. It's like, why did you do that? You know, so I, I, I was happy to see him go, even though like the Saints don't have any tight ends
2: he He's like to me like tight end girly right now, which is right. like he'll look good he'll look fine good enough for like fifty five out of sixty plays, but there's like five plays every game that just kill every you. game. <laughs> every game
3: you. to kill you like kill you, <laughs> so i don't know i'm I'm ready to I'm happy to be gone with that, but uh, you know Saints ain't got much else <laughs>
2: I was gonna say though I don't know man how you feeling. <laughs> I mean, the, the Saints were a team going through this that I didn't I didn't feel better about them after going through this. No,
3: no. But yeah, if you go through this roster, you really look at it as like, damn, this team has some holes. And it's like, like I mean, what me and Adam have been talking about, you know, just the past couple of weeks is like, what exactly is the plan here? Like, what's the vision? Um, is it, hey, you know, we still have a super bowl caliber squad let's just do all we can and go win okay if that's the plan they haven't really shown that but at the same time they haven't really shown that they're just going to do like a roster reset
2: but what else could they do they're they're you know they're they're spending all their money they're trying i think they're i think they're like the patriots or like plenty of teams which i think is the way to be which is like they're always trying to Win yeah. now. They might be re- realistic that this isn't their best chance, but I think they're always thinking. I don't think they ever are trying to stay, t- take a step back. That's for sure.
1: Sorry, I'm eating. I don't. I don't care who fucking knows it. I, I just got <laughs> home like 30 <laughs> minutes ago. Um, I think they're banking on like these huge leaps. Yeah, from players that they drafted last year. And I think that's a very dangerous proposition because they're banking on Cesar Ruiz being good. They drafted him to play, they drafted a center to play essentially play guard. Like originally they were going to put him at center and then move Eric McCoy to guard. And it was a pandemic season. And after like a couple of practices, Eric McCoy shut down Cesar Ruiz and that didn't happen. So basically now they're just like, well, you're just a guard now. Because if you listen to Zach Streep, you know, He pretty much, who's a offensive, a sensitive offensive line coach. Basically, he pretty much said that Eric McCoy ain't moving anywhere. So Hmm. they're banking on Caesar Ruiz being being good at guard, and last year was not that. They're banking on Adam Troutman, who caught 15 balls last year, taking a huge leap. And I, 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 I love my Saints fans. (laughs) <laughs> they, they keep putting the same goddamn if Adam Troutman clips. Oh my god. I I, that,
3: that little gif one more time of him doing that little jerk route
1: or, or him Detroit. beating Devin White in that second Tampa Bay game like so they're banking on him becoming like a full you know tight end one and then let's not talk about Zach Bond who they drafted in the third round who they was an edge rusher in college they moved him off ball he didn't really play except for really on special teams, even when Alexander got hurt. So they, there's like these play, Marquez Callaway, Deontay Harris, who's a third year player. There's a lot of players, young players that I, I think they're banking on to be good. And up to this point, we haven't seen it. So it's, it's pretty, it's very unknown of what it's going to be.
2: Yeah, this is a weird. This is a weird time. I mean, I pr- I put Pete Werner in the starting lineup and Adebo just for the heck of it. It's like those guys you have fans. Right now, you have to. Like. Yeah,
0: you have
3: to.
2: I don't know. Ooh. We were talking about like ten and seven, but that you know, that is that is my Jameis Win- Winston and Camara optimism and yeah, yeah, and everything. That's I'm, like, p- I'm probably being biased thinking they're ten and seven now that I'm looking at this thing.
3: That's if you know. That's if Jameis Winston. You know, we talked about, it. like, if, if James, let's say James Winston has, you know, 30 touchdowns, you know, 14, 15 interceptions, you know, two fumbles, completing like 63, 64 percent, you know, some big plays. You know, With Kamara and Mike Thomas, um, the defense, even though I expected to take a step back, it should be horrible. Uh, you know, I could that's that's. To optimistic like 10 and 7 but there are some issues like it's it could go it could go pretty bad especially with Jameis because you just don't know like I'm assuming he's going to be the starter I don't you know I mean, I don't, we've seen
2: I, it go pretty bad with Dennis Allen too it's amazing that's what I'm saying. Still, he, it's, it, I give Sean Payton credit for not firing him after they were like last in the league and points allowed back to back with him that was that was a long time ago now and he's still there getting it done but yeah I don't know I, I, I like hearing you guys uh in this different saints era you're like angsty angsty adam and it's, ryan is fun
3: it's a, i'm annoyed man i'm just so annoyed because it's like i don't <laughs> see the vision it's like if and i can i get it this year was weird cap and all that shit they it's not it's like they were just stuck in a, in a kind of a purgatory where they really just had to make do with what they could so i get it but it's like I mean, I don't know, man,
2: like do something, you know, I mean, go, go in. It's the year year after going all in. I mean, they've been going all in for like six years. So it's it's the year that they're eating their medicine a little bit. And the next year, the cap goes up 30 million. They got some bad luck with the whole covid and cap thing. Probably no team got hurt more than them. Them and the Eagles. Oh,
3: yeah. They got
2: 30. They got thirty three million dollars in dead cap money. I don't know how that ranks. I got to think that's top. Two or three, maybe number one. And I, mean, I did see this stat that, like, no team that's top seven in dead money has, like, made the playoffs in in a bunch of years. So,
3: <laughs> I mean, 30 million in dead capital, that's that's all we for Saints, man. Like, we've had 65, 70 million, you know what I'm saying? We dead money records over here. But it's like, it's like, uh, like, I mean, like, look, they're trying to move up in the draft in the top 10 to draft a cornerback. But then it's like, then they were trying to move up the draft. Mac Jones, I don't know. Like, I don't know how true that was. I know Michael Lombardi was saying that. It's like, what what are we doing here? It's like... You know, according,
2: <laughs> according to Patriots, according to Patriots reporters, Mac Jones is the truth, you know. Mac Jones uh, is lightning. Listen,
3: up. Me, me and Adam already talked about it. I fully expect him to start for the Patriots this year. I don't know if it was week one or whatever, but he's going to play, bro. Like, he's going to play.
1: I mean, we We did a Mac Jones specific episode, you know, earlier in the draft process when his range was closer to like the end of of round one. So both Ryan and I have watched extensive Matt Jones at Alabama film. So we are very well versed um, in, in Matt Jones. So everything that the beat beat reporters are reporting at Patriots, like if you watched him at Alabama extensively, it all aligns. It all makes sense because that's just who he
2: is. Mm. That I'm see, I'm rooting for Cam. I sort of had like a <laughs> come to Jesus moment like one night. Probably wasn't, you know, 100 percent sober or whatever. And I was just like, you know, what would be the best possible Patriots season like ever is Cam Newton sticking it to everyone, even Patriots fans, like would have to like not totally enjoy it because because they all they did was dog him and want to get rid of him. And they were sure. so mad when they brought him back. And I've loved Cam his whole career. And, you know, I want I want them to win 13 games with Cam and just like stick it in there, even even stick it in the Patriots. Like Bill Belichick would love that. He want that's what he wants to do. But yeah. he, might, he might not. He, he might have to look at Mac Jones as the better option uh, if if Mac Jones gives him no option.
3: Great. Right cause it was like I was looking I was looking at like Tom Brady early career Tom Brady like 01 to 05 or whatever and he was like his average was like 26 touchdowns and 15 interceptions and like a 60% of uh, completion percentage you know just like baseline stats you know like he was not the driving force of the offense even though he was good he was smart he put the ball in the right place he was not even
2: people know everyone forgets cuz I don't know why. I guess they weren't there or whatever. They weren't pa- remembering. No one considered him a top five quarterback after, no, he w- after he had won his third Super Bowl. Of course, not as a rookie. I mean, or of course, not in his first year. Like, that was like, yeah. Yeah, that was different. He jumps in there. The defense is great. He's just trying to stay alive. But even even after, like, oh, four, like, that yeah. was where it started to turn because he did come on late that year. But, like, people did not think he was a top five quarterback.
3: No, I, re- I remember the debates. Like, is Brady elite? Is he truly elite? <laughs> like, Joe Flacco or some shit. <laughs> like you know it, it's crazy to look at now but that's how it was and I think like Mac Jones could be that like be that just yeah solid and I know it's kind of like stereotypical like you know Nick Saban quarterback white guy he's gonna be solid and smart and this and that and like he got a lot of hate on Twitter just I don't know it was like I don't like the stereotype of thing and I'm like but I mean if you just watch him that's that's what he is like he's,
1: <laughs> like he's going, yeah, and, but yeah. he has
3: and he has like a decent arm it's not like he's like a like a you know like a like a thinking guy like he's like a solid quarterback i mean he's not great but he could in the if he's like if you give him an offensive line some decent weapons he could be like a just a good quarterback for you
0: i I never
2: forget my um creative writing teacher at Tulane you know, was talking about stereotypes and he said, you guys know that the stereotypes of uh, what the Tulane students are, right? And I was like, oh. "When people were like, oh, I don't know. And he's like, he's like that. You guys are just like, you know, rich and, yeah. you know, unmotivated, spoiled kids. And he was like, and the thing you got to remember, stereotypes are stereotypes for a reason. Like, cause they're, cause they're true. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of truth to them. Yeah. i was like whoa he's coming with heat but i always <laughs> think of that it's like yeah stereotypes are for a reason like those alabama quarterbacks are solid and probably will do good if the situation are, is around them you're right
3: exactly just it, it <laughs> is what it is it, and that is the stereotype of Tulane.
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know i didn't somehow i didn't realize that at the moment and i was like oh that's very true. <laughs> so, well, hell. what i will say is uh I was on a scholarship though. I'm just putting that out there. At least like
3: uh, so Tulane? Part- t- well, t- t- no, t- it wasn't right? full.
2: It was like half. It was like half. tennis, right? It. No, not for tennis, please. Oh. They they're like top 20 in the country. Um, yeah. no, it was for academics.
3: I wanted to go there, man. I got the I got like the description like of the of uh, tuition for Tulane, LSU, and Nickel State. And I just went with the Chiefs. I was just like, well, <laughs> I'm not going to Tulane. Oh, and, D- and Dillon and Dillard. University also. And I was like, oh, not going to Dillard. LSU, I could have went too, but I was just like, eh, everybody go to fucking LSU. I'm not going there. So I just went to middle State.
2: Nice.
1: <laughs> I mean, we, we we talking about it. We got we gotta hear some some Greg New Orleans stories. Louisiana stories. We gotta let them
2: fly. Well, you got anything specific, you know, no, question? No, to You got l- to l- learn I mean, these, you, you learn in these the, interviewers. In the U- you, can't, you, you don't want to leave it too open-ended. It's just like, it's tough for people to just come up with uh, some stuff. I mean, that's, I mean,
1: a, that's, a, that's a proper interview uh, tactic. Interview you take it where you want to take
3: it. I mean, you was living in a UPT. I mean, where were you living? Where were, You know, what would your hell use you on? Oh, Vegas, yeah, right around
2: Tulane. On- I, I moved out of the dorms after freshman year, and then we were... Living on Ferret near Tulane. And then we were living on Broadway. We were living on Birth Street all over the place.
3: Have you been down? When the last time you came to New Orleans?
2: Mm for the playoff game when they beat the Panthers was the last time I was there, but I would be go. I went every year for almost like a decade after I graduated. I'm 42 now. Uh, and me and my wife went down there once and stayed for like three weeks. So I've spent a lot of time down there since I graduated, but not a ton lately. I went down for a couple of saints games, including yeah. When they beat cam, that was the last time I was there.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's changed a lot, man. Like it's, it's just kind of funny. Like the neighborhoods, you probably remember them. You're like, I wouldn't go there it's like people riding in bikes, in the bike lanes and, you know, <laughs> urban urban farming and yoga classes and it's like, what the fuck is going on? I, it's,
2: yeah, it's, I've, I've seen a decent amount a of that because cause two of my friends, my good friends from college stayed and one of them, like, you know, he buys, pro, he's like a, you know, uh, yeah. what they used to call like a slumlord. He wouldn't say that. You know? <laughs> That's how he's. That's how he started. At least, like he was doing that. We he was doing that in college. I, I give him credit, but then he built he built it up. But I've yeah, he showed me around, and you're right. It's a different city. I love that city, though. I I need to go back.
1: You gotta you gotta go for like for a Saints game. You got you gotta do it.
2: Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. Of, uh, I'm trying to think of a good story for you. I mean, they're all like. Well, you you, you kind of told told us about like was it
1: who showed up at your place?
2: Oh like yeah, we were, ju- juvenile. Yeah,
1: you got we got here, We got here, Like you told us like the back end when we were like wrapping up the pot. Like you got to give us like the full. Like, there, I mean, there yeah.
2: wasn't too much mo- too much to it. He just knocked on the door and he was looking for <laughs> he was looking for his girl. I think or or I, I don't think it was for like uh one of his friends. And he was just like asking for somewhere like, no, she's not You're here. Right? And he was like, hey, oh man, boy. I must. That <laughs> <Hey, boy.
3: laughs>
2: <laughs> was like, damn! I just we just saw royalty. This is amazing <laughs> living here. because <laughs> that I living there at that time though it was, it, I I I always say it was, it was like uh, living uh, in Liverpool when the Beatles broke or something. Because I I know it's like they're not the Beatles. But in terms of, like, the impact they were having in the oh. city they were living in, they, oh, were the Beatles. they were the Beatles.
3: Oh, man, absolutely. I remember when I was working at Best Buy on the tech bench. And he came there, he bought, like, like, five big screen TVs. This was before flat screen, like, the big projector TVs. And he, like, he tried to pay with, like, a check, and it got the, denied. He <laughs> was like, nope, it didn't clear. And then he left and just came with like a big fucking wide of 20s. Like, I'd never seen that many 20s just like stacked up. And, and the dude, the guy, he was my manager. He was like, Who's this guy? And I was like, what The fucking juvenile, bro. He was
2: like, You don't
3: know who I am, huh? You don't know who I am. I was like, That's just weird, bro. And then we, he had us load his TVs on his like, on the air, like three trucks out there. We loaded the TVs. Didn't give us like no tip or nothing. I was
1: like, I mean fuck you. That's <laughs> <laughs> my story. <laughs> um, I do have I do have a question for Greg. Um as someone who's worked part of the NFL as long as you have ETF, Rotor World, Brick by Brick, NFL.com, like what excites you, what keeps you excited about football like what brings like what brings you back like we're in the like the complete dead deads of the of the off season what is, makes you excited to watch football this upcoming season
2: it's a great it's a great question i know how to manage like the times of the year better just going through it all so like the, you know i i know to en- you know enjoy this time of year i it does not bother me that it's the quiet time of year. i i know that like enjoy it i'll be missing this part of the year um but it it always just goes back to like why it's so it's so simple but for me it's just like watching that like i i actually i'd never have and i i hope i don't get sick of watching the game because it's to me it's so it's always changing and um there's so much you don't know there's so many people that know so much more about the x's and o's um and just trying to like stay on top of not just the rosters because i love all that shit and transactions and how teams are going and how news gets filtered through agents and trying to like figure out how that's all working uh but but the game itself like whenever i am in a spot where i'm not feeling something like just go back to watching some game pass like right now i'm watching some herbert and uh i don't know what i'm going to use it for i'm going to write about him at some point it's like and that, that I always I still just love the game itself. So like go going back and watching some game pass um, or like getting all my ideas from watching the game itself always kind of keeps me juiced. I'm, I'm I feel lucky for that. Like sports does that in general. I, you know, I'm into the NBA this season. I'm into my French Open. I, I feel like the pandemic's made me back into sports more just because it's like I can take my mind off stuff and it's relaxing to me.
3: No, I always I always like reading your shit because you knew you knew about a lot of the players that most national media people just don't know about. Like I, you know, you, I read national people all the time. It's like, what the hell are you talking about? You like, he hasn't even he hasn't even been good. Like, why would you say his name? Mm-hmm. And you you pretty much pick up because you you know you keep an eye on some of the local beat writers. You watch the film and all that shit. And, uh, and I lo- always love that you uh, you kind of, you, you track, like I always want to hear what you got to say when anytime come, something leaks out, Adam's have to sh- uh, tweet some shit. Or, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know, fucking Phil Gates or whoever, I don't know. And it's like, you you ask the question like, okay, why would this come out? Who, you know, who benefits from this, uh, you know, coming out right now? And you you kind of just break down what's really going on rather
2: than just. I love talking through. about that stuff on the podcast. Cause you can't yeah. like tweet. Sometimes you can't tweet it all exactly. Yeah. Cause you know, I'm guessing and you kind of putting people that you, your colleagues with on blast a little bit, they get super sensitive, <laughs> but pro football talk was such an education for that. It really mm. helped. It helped me out. And I already was like very much, uh, down that road because I you know what I do is was in a unique space was I was like reading all everyone's work so I like knew them all through that they wanted to get their name on Roto World they wanted to get their name on PFT but I wasn't like a threat to them I'm not trying to break any stories and I and most of those guys they don't really follow all the other beat writers like that you know they follow their team and even if it's Schefter it's like he's not following all the so they'll give you information and then seeing how information came in and then came back out of PFD and people angling and oh man it's dirty business and it, it was it was just a lot of stuff I was just like okay this is this is how it happens and that's been good information to have since I left there. It.
1: <laughs> no it's it, it's great to hear your your point of view from it, especially uh contract, trade demand, uh you know, figuring out, like, why is this being leaked out? Like, you know, when, when Ryan and I even talk about this podcast, we, we refer you, like, even, I believe it was, like, the like, the Alvin Kamara situation, like, the contract situation for the season last year, and, like, oh, you know, Josina Anderson reported that, you know, he may be, you know, the things may be open to trading him, and, like, all this stuff, and, like, untangling like, the web, um, the the business of of the NFL because that in itself is a is a game in itself just like there's a game on the field
2: right and and no one ever really totally know I always am texting like other you know inside you know I'm not an insider but other people who kind of have that and trying to figure out what they think and man they're wrong so much I mean so am I of course but everyone is just kind of guessing it's like every like when Julio was went on undisputed like everyone was trying to figure out if he knew if it was set up whether like the agent and Shannon like whether you know all that stuff and that yeah I do find that stuff fun man (laughs) I say he knew I don't care what Pat Pat McAfee said I say he knew yeah I think so
3: too
2: Shannon here's why because if you if you say he didn't no, it's it's not giving Shannon enough credits. Like, he knew what he was sitting on. He's got a friend in Julio. He gives him a little heads up, and Julio would be cool about it. Like, he knew he was going to drop that.
1: Absolutely. I guess plus, like, what would Shannon gain by, like, destroying like, that that trust in that friendship? Like, it, right. it, he gains nothing.
2: Right. I don't know. What do you, what do you guys do in your jobs to keep to, another thing, like, keeping job fresh? This is more of, like, a bigger picture conversation, but I do find like I feel like I need to be doing something a little bit different every couple years. Like I can't be doing the same stuff. And I've been lucky. We've been lucky to do that. It's like our TV show or like, you know, that's like a different avenue that we've gotten to go past, like getting out of management. Like I've never been able to like stick exactly in the same exact role for more yeah. than two or three years or else I get like a little, a little crazy.
3: Yeah. That three year, that three year time I always take for me like,
2: that's it. I don't know what In it is. is. Three, three three Same to four thing, years.
3: Man. I'm, I'm just like, I don't know, man. Like, I start looking on nd.com, <laughs> looking at other jobs. <laughs> like, just fuck, man. I got to do something else. But yeah, yep. I mean, I'm just a worker, you know. I'm like, <laughs> like, people are well, doing a this lovely stuff. job. You're doing yeah, this. I mean, this, this is what I like to do. But like, my job is just like, I don't know. I don't hate it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the most I can say about it. You guys, got,
2: you got to get some sponsors here, man. Who, bro? Some yeah. Saints fan out there listening to this—they're getting pretty good numbers here. You can sell I'm some just, shit. I'm just saying, it. we get our
3: numbers. Our numbers, nice, bro. Like, if I know, that's, sure what saying. Saying. Like, that's what I'm saying.
2: That's what I'm saying.
3: So, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I I told Come on, me, zaps!
2: Man. Come on.
3: <laughs> Slaps. Big slap! Big slap! Big don't know.
1: Um, manscape, I, I don't, I don't care. Like, I got, I don't, you know, we won't get suspended like Ian was. Like, come on, like we are open for business. Um, but to answer your question, I mean, I told this, I, I tweeted this. I, I am sorry if you guys hear that in the background. That's my crazy kitten going absolutely wild. Um, get please, please get um, okay. uh, <laughs> is that I'm so blessed with my career that like 95% of the time when I wake up and go to work, like, I love what I do. Like, don't get me wrong. My job is extremely stressful, (laughs) um, extremely demanding and takes a lot of time, you know, a lot of time and it's very time consuming, but all in all, I I love what I do. Um, And I, and I know that that's a blessing because I've been at in jobs and careers where like, I couldn't, stand it like i hate it going to work and that is one of the worst feelings in the world because that affects your mental health when you are in a situation where you can't stand your job and you have to wake up because you know you have to go to it because you have to pay bills that is super that like that makes you know makes a person feel depressed
2: um so why are you on my back um no you got it good no that's a blessing well plus you make a difference like you know you you're actually there You know that there's like medical or you know scientific studies done that like the clearest like most proven way to help like depression is to do good things for other people, to try to help others. Like and that it's like a scientific fact. That's basically your job. I'm out here like trying to make up jokes about Rex Burkett. You know,
3: (laughs) (laughs) no, fulfilling like. Fulfilling is, like, fulfillment is different from happiness. Like, Mm -hmm. people like to say, oh, I just want to be happy. Like, no, happiness is a, like, a quick, spontaneous emotion that's usually relative to being sad or mad or whatever. But fulfillment is different. It's kind of long-lasting and uh, shit like that. So if you can get that from your job, like, you made it. Like, you cash that check every time, you know what I'm saying? And get paid for it? Like, come
2: on. Yeah, right. That's why we got to get zaps in here. Get you guys paid for it. The spicy, the spicy Cajun crawtator one. But man, I would kill that. I would kill that in college. I would like go to if I if I went to the Circle K and they didn't have that flavor, I would go to like a different different one.
3: (laughs) That's all they have. I'm in Alabama now. Yeah, they usually they they
2: usually have it. Yeah, it's
3: usually they got it. That damn spicy crouteter shit. You don't like it? uh, I like it. It was just like, damn, give me some different uh, flavors. You know.
2: The voodoo is um, good.
3: Voodoo flavor, yeah. I wanted to ask you <laughs> something that's been kind of on back to football a little bit. Um, Lamar Jackson, I, I'm just so interested in how they handle his contract. I mean, obviously, MVP. Obviously, they built the whole offense around uh, around him. Playoffs every year. You know, got kind of, kind of the hump off his back last year. Won a playoff game. How do you ha- like? How do you handle that contract? Because you want him to be a better passer. Obviously, that's just the, like the elephant in the room. Is it the skill positions that they put him behind? They put they gave him some skill this year. So is it kind of going to be like a wait and see, or he's going to be paid? He's going to get $40 forty million, forty five million a year, and you just figure it out from there.
2: Well, it it sounds like he's negotiating his own contract. I mean, I'm sure he's getting some help you know, his mom was his, you know, advisor, but I'm sure they're getting some, you know, legal help too. Like a lawyer, but he sounded pretty confident in it. So that told me that they were along the way. And Mm. it, I, this is the time of year, not quite now, but you know, more like July right before training camp that, that big time quarterbacks usually get that first big contract. Mm. And uh, I don't think it's, they, it's not like they have any doubts about him. It's not like they're not playing around. Um, there's, you know, you're right. Like you got to figure out the right number. Do they want to make it? How guaranteed, how deep, all this stuff. But if he's negotiating it, you know, it's probably not going to have them over a barrel. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to like criticize some dude for taking a, you know, the this big time guaranteed money and like, criticize him for getting 80 guaranteed or 60 guaranteed when he could have had 80 or something. It's like, whatever, man, I, it's, I don't feel like that's my place, but it's, I think it's coming. I don't think they really have much. um, I think they're in it to win it with him. It's not like there's going to be any hesitation. It's going to be deep in guaranteed contract. And I think they think like, I think, which is that he can, he is a guy that should and will improve. He's not done. He's not done improving. He's a really young player. And so that I think he'll be able to handle, the transition from being like the best runner in the league by far to like just a great runner, which will happen eventually. And I think they're just going to have to believe in the process that he's going to keep getting better. And maybe they'll, he'll do it without a, without greg roman you know eventually but that lamar is not going anywhere that that'd be my guess and i think i think because he's his own agent if anything they'll probably be like all right let's get this done now before hell yeah hire someone else absolutely <laughs> right i mean it's probably not a great idea but who knows
1: um what's your biggest question going into the season mm. any team just biggest question you have player team Unit defense, offense, coaching. What's your biggest question going into the season?
2: Hmm. We already talked Herbert because that's that's like what's closest to my heart. I think in terms of just what I want to.
1: And he's white. That's that's progress, Greg. Love
2: that. (laughs) Come on, man! I just Just. like guys entertain me. That's what I like. You, you. I mean,
4: tell the the listeners you're hearing.
2: T- tell your listeners your theory. I mean,
1: oh, it's not. A, it's not a theory that we, in terms of. I mean, you have swirled tendencies when it comes to your quarterback, which is completely fine. That, that's not you. Mm. You, you love. You, still love are, you You still are a Geno stand. You, you just <laughs> spoke on um, eloquently of how you want Cam to have a thirteen minutes. Like,
2: like, oh, yeah, well, I love. Well, that's him, and Dan, Con-
3: him and Dan pretty beefed out about Teddy. Like, damn. Like, yeah, we're, we're not, we're not going to talk about that on this podcast,
1: <laughs> but we'll keep that in-house because <laughs> we have our theories. <laughs> but, <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I, I never really, you know, it wasn't something in front of my mind until you keep making jokes about it. But I then I did think back, like, Randall Connick, you know, I was a fan of the Patriots, and I'm stuck with Hugh Millen and Steve Grogan and uh, Flutie and all these ew. garbage, all these garbage quarterbacks on, on garbage teams. And and Randall Cunningham was coming up right when that was all happening. And so that was like the first I was like, Oh, you know what? I can there's other teams out there other than the Patriots. And and so it's all about like to me, entertaining quarterbacks. And maybe I'm a little bit of a contrarian. And so maybe some of these black quarterbacks too were getting underrated. So it's like uh-huh. they need they need to get a little more credit. That said, some you know that your theory is also a, you know, it's got holes in it. Tony Romo, one, of, you know, he is up there in my all-time oh. favorite quarterback. Jay Cutler was up there on my all-time oh. favorite quarterback, oh. and and, and Philip Rivers is right there with anyone. So, were you an EJ it,
3: Manuel fan?
2: No, I. He was. Oh,
3: I, I, that's not a. That's not a great. That's not know. a great quarterback. To- he was no, boring, not, bro. It's he was not. boring.
2: Like but, put put on a show for me, Riv, You know, Rivers put on a show. He might not have been athletic, but he he put on a show
1: uh That's that's my st- my theory, and I'm 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 sticking with it. I'm not.
2: That was I'm my not. way of buying some time for you.
1: Like, your I, 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 pretty- I'm sure you're still, even though this is a little, you're still like on the tua bandwagon a little bit, like a little bit.
2: Uh, i you know, I never, I I wouldn't say I was on the bandwagon, but I do think he was put in such a tough spot, and he's such a specific type of quarterback. That but was I think he though?
1: Like, what what tough spot was he put in? Any different than like Justin Herbert?
2: His his. Skill position players were as bad as any in the league that weren't the Patriots. It was Devonte Parker, and then like Mike Kosicki's is number two, and his number three is Jakeem Grant. And literally, the number two wide receiver last year in Miami had 373 yards or oh. whatever Jakeem Grant had in a trash offensive line with Chan Gailey calling plays and stuff. I mean, Fitzpatrick made it work and and that made Tua look bad. But my, my thing with him is he's a specific type of quarterback that I think does not do well early, which is he's not like going to overwhelm you with his athleticism. If you need to win with the, from the neck up, it's hard to win that way when you're a rookie. Like you, you can just be like Herbert and not really know what's going on and just like ball yeah. out. Um, but Tua wasn't going to do that. He reminds me a little bit of Eli and Alex Smith, who were way worse as rookies, but bounced back pretty quick. Uh, to being good—that's what I'm hoping. The offensive line was yeah. bad though, last year. Come on, what you get—you have yeah. no hope for Tua just because he was bad as a rookie.
1: I'm not saying I don't have any hope. I'm just saying it looks grim at the moment.
3: That's
2: all. That's all I'm
3: saying it's like it was like I'm eight a little, or nine games. I'm, yeah, I'm a little high. I'm a little higher on him. And I'm a little higher on Tua than, than Adam, even though I, you know I, I did question where they were picking this year, like. I don't know if you could have improved. I would have, but
2: I, I, right. I was amazed at the teams that really decided so far ahead of time. Like, nope, we're not going to consider Fields over.
3: That is, uh, it's wild, man. Over that's, that's, Tua. A, That shocked me. That's shocked over
2: me. over Hurts. That was the biggest surprise to me. Wild. Yeah, and then even in Lock, you know, that was as big a surprise. I've got an answer though. This this gave me um, got me thinking of what what the thing i'm most looking forward to and answer your actual question which is trey lance and the 49ers oh. like him you know i love just see yeah i'm all about the quarterbacks and seeing oh. a new guy come into the league and man he's such a mystery and in an oh. offense that's so much fun to watch with so many fun players around him iuk is like weirdly underrated he was so good last oh, year God, don't get he's, me started on. This and i kind of <laughs> like trey sermon this guy the guy they drafted too and it's like they I'm, I'm very interested in that whole division. That division is awesome. It's stacked. All the division games are going to be awesome, but especially the 49ers, like, are they going to be like the Super Bowl type of team? Cause I think they could be.
3: Yeah. And you give Kyle Shannon and someone that can move like mm-hmm. Trent good. It's like, and he hasn't
1: had that since like RG three.
3: No, man. And you know him, he like, he understands the math of the defense. Like he, he will destroy defenses with that shit, bro. Like, I don't like it. Like, I don't like it at all just because I hate the 49ers, but from a, like a pure football fan, I'm like so fascinated to see how that shit's gonna work out. I mean, I right. don't wanna I, I don't I don't wanna watch Jimmy Garoppolo too long. Like get get Trey Lance <laughs> out there, man. Like
2: <laughs> Right. I'm I'm assuming and hoping Lance is gonna start week one if he looks good in camp, but that's a big if. We don't we don't know. Um but I'm already thinking, you know, first week, you know, what, which games am I watching? They're in the early window. <laughs> I know this against the Lions. And I'm like, that's a game I want to watch. I'm actually, I want to see, Trey, you know, if it's Trey it's Lance. a perfect like,
1: game to start Trey Lance against. Right, oh,
2: yeah. exactly. I'm like, I want to see Trey Lance. I'll be kind of curious for Jared Goff and just like, what is going on on the other side? But like, I no, to me, to me no. Trey Lance is, is, is box office. He's like Trey Young you know uh, i hear all these i hear all these people like adam clowning on trey young i'm like uh, are trey you lance is me? actually
1: trey lance is actually likable a okay. huge difference
2: i love i i you know i didn't watch a lot of hawks this year but i watched the whole series and i people clowning on him need to watch out i mean he is amazing and i love that he makes everyone hate him this is what we need more in sports uh, villains I,
1: I i love villains like i
2: love tos but like something about
1: him just Maybe it's the like the baby hairs that's receding. It's like, bro, just like let it go. Like I don't, like his hair like just irks me. I don't I don't know. It's just about to to him. I can't I can't stand him. I don't know what it is. I, but he doesn't always...
2: give a fuck. When he hit him with the bow, I was set for life. I already was such a big fan <laughs> before that, but that was that was when I was like, okay, I'm just rooting for the Hawks now.
1: So we were talking about this earlier about jobs, and so I my I question I, I been wanting to ask you. That's kind of a deep question. Is like since you've done all this, right? You've done PFT. You have done Roto World. You've been at NFL.com. Like, what what is Greg's in game? Like, what's that? Not not saying you know no one's going to listen to this podcast from NFL, but like, like what are your eyes set on? What you want to do in your career long term in the future?
2: Just stay stay in it i mean that was in it that was it to begin with when i knew like within a, a two days of working a road where i was just like i'm just gonna try to do this for the rest of my life and oh, yeah. uh, until until i can not because this is fun and i'm gonna dive into it and just try to be as good as i can and then the business keeps changing and everything but it's it's not any easier to stay in it you know um i don't think i mean things could go things can go sideways uh and I like that we're doing more live TV stuff. Like there's a juice that I get that, you know, that is fun out of that. We have an idea of something we're going to do for our TV show this year. So hopefully that happens. I'm, I'm excited about that. So it's doing that expanding more and more of that. I would love to be in the situation of like, reacting live when shit is happening and mixing yeah. it up a little more with the with the ex-players and all that and providing right. a little bit of a different you know voice than an ex-player and you know not coming at them but 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 you know being there and being a different voice and kind of, yeah i think there's value there i'd love like mina mina kimes on um espn because she's not like an ex-player or something i think there's right. there's something to that and i think there's good it's good to see them like or her mix with the ex-players you know
3: no man I, I like i would be rooting for that shit if you guys on like fucking you know nfl sunday morning with rich and, <laughs> Richard <laughs> and mike and all that shit like like i would be like i would love to just see you guys get thrown in right being, Earth- like the
2: Right. Or like the free age like when free agency is happening. And I, and I have done this like a little bit here, you know, but it's just yeah. like three, three minutes here, three minutes there. But like when stuff is really happening, that's when I, I like to write and that's when I like, would like to be on live. It, when it's like, nothing's planned, nothing's too scripted. And you're just like, because that's right. what we're, we're good at. That stuff is fun. So the more, the more we can get at that, but man, it's also just trying to like stay employed. They're making cuts at the NFL no, you know it's
3: i get it trust me i know man it's
2: like this pandemic they are i i think there's definitely a company-wide like you know tightening of the belts uh which is happening and it's just like okay let's just gotta, let's see gotta, gotta move go, into those that, that new englewood
1: office bro gotta pay that that lease
2: Well, that's the thing man they have, have these crazy new offices that are gonna be awesome um but it's like is it gonna be they're gonna totally be able to use it i hope so <laughs> you know
1: <laughs> I, don't know why, I don't I shouldn't be
2: laughing at that. But just, <laughs> I mean, yeah. that's just like sports media in general. It's been, you know, it's been nice that because man, it is really hard to get paid to, to just like write on the internet these days. So it's nice oh. that we that podcast came along and kind of saved saved us.
3: Oh man, and the thing is like podcasting, it's I wouldn't say it's young, but it's still like, like there's still like a lot of people that don't even know what a podcast is like they are like people like podcast what's a podcast
0: so it's mm-hmm. still
3: like there's tons of growth and you know you mix that with video streaming and shit like that like there's there's like industry out there to be made
2: oh yeah we've and we've got yeah. our listenership we gotta just you know hold on oh, know. to it and and grow it and you're right that thing like that listenership around the end of a listenership is you know it's my retirement plan like well, yeah. <laughs> you know like, like bro like,
3: like- the shit you know, y'all went through, I mean, y'all still going through with Chris, like that was different. I, I don't think I've ever experienced that, honestly. Like with, with Chris passing, you know, rest in peace. But it, it was so different because y'all worked together, but y'all were friends. We all like, even though you you guys had your relationship, us as listeners, we kind of grew with you guys over the, you know. I've been listening to y'all since like 2012 and it's just kind of like, you know, it was, it was just, it was just so weird just trying to absorb it and trying to analyze it and trying to, you know, understand how you feel about everything because it's like, okay, I don't know these, I don't know these guys. I mean, I know, you know, I talked to you, but, and I've talked to Chris, but I don't know them, but it's still different than like, say if, you know, Kobe Bryant dying or something like that somebody you know you've never talked to in your life but you was a fan of it was different because he still kind of felt like a personal relationship in a certain type of way like when when chris passed like i just went and looked through my like my dms and just random conversations with me and him having about like the history of food or like <laughs> like, like just weird random shit not even football just That's like awesome what what we think about some six-round pick drafted by the Falcons or some shit like just the random stuff of just me having the DMs or just conversations on Twitter and it was just like man like this is crazy like this whole technology the things that's created like I don't even know how to I don't even know how to take it as a human
2: you know Uh, it's beautiful because um, you know I said something this last week thinking about the whole Naomi Osaka story which I don't want to get into but it was more about like that I think it's a generational thing that people younger than than me like i'm 42 that their relationships and the feedback and everything that they have online mm. um is such a core part of their life then and, and to me i don't i i said at least that like i don't consider those like online relationships necessarily like that meaningful you know mm-hmm. if it's just online you know like it's because it, it's a generational thing but you, you just kind of made me think that that's not really true because like right because of what you just said about Chris and in podcasts, it's a little different than online, but it, it's connected. You're right. Like podcasts are, are a different sort of intimacy too, that you really do feel like, um, you know, that person. Yeah. And, and it was, it's obviously been brutal and, and tough, um, how to manage that. Cause everything was, it, it still is so connected. Going back to the office in the season, I think is going to be, um, its own challenge. Cause that's going to be like another time where it feels like he should be there. It, it, it happened at this time when we're all like a little, I And mean, I saw him quite a bit throughout the pandemic, but we were all separate and we were doing the shows separate. Yeah. Um, but, but what you said is, is absolutely true. Like those DMS and stuff, like I know he thought you were hilarious, man. And, um, and those like, you know, stupid conversations about, food and stuff, that shit is meaningful. So I, I sort of take back what I what I was thinking about because um, it's different. Like, it's a different it's a different sort of connection. And it's crazy that the listeners went through it and we know they went through it in their own way with us.
3: Yeah, know? yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, and it's like, oh, uh, excuse me. But it's like, I mean, you guys, I mean, the way you guys just kind of, you know, just open yourself up over the podcast, I mean, you didn't have to do that shit. You could have took, like, a two-month hiatus and, like, not post any podcast. Everybody would have understood, you know, but just to, like, you know, kind of mourn him while covering football, like, that shit, I was like, man, this shit is... This is different. Like, this is... I can't even explain it. It's not even about entertainment anymore. This is like, reached some different level that I can't even really define.
2: Well, he was was family. Like, he... I, yeah, I knew how important he was as a person in my life, um, but he was, you know, just a really unique uh, place in my life. I was thinking like there's almost no one I met like a- anyone else that is that close to me that I consider that close to me are people I knew when I was in college or before. I don't know if there's anyone else that came into my life since that had, you know, that it was that meaningful and he was that deep a dude. Um we're we're looking forward to celebrating him all too as a as a group later this summer. Um, it,
3: uh, so that'll be nice. island,
2: right? I, think, I think that'll yeah yeah. So that's, that's dope as
3: shit.
2: Yeah, that'll be the best the best way to to honor him. Well
1: well said. Um, it's just I'll I'll say this like I've Chris passing I had a good friend. Um, you know, tragically lose a lose a brother i like a month or so ago um i think something as as people and, and as friends that we can all just i think all of us can kind of and i think like we know we've known this but you know i had a depth in the family you know like in last year my, my grandfather passed away i know Ryan had deaths throughout the pandemic is that this shit is so finite our lot li- like life is just so finite it's just so short and this is something I talked about with Mark when I met him in person is that like this isn't like a dress rehearsal right like this is all we get um and to cherish the moments that we do have you know with friends with loved ones um you know do things enjoy life because we we don't like this is it (laughs) like Uh period and anytime someone passes away that's extremely important to us friend family it just kind of refocus, you know, refocuses that lens of, um, you know, doing things that are, that are important to us, spending time with people, and, you know, family and friends that are important to us because um, we, we don't know when that, you know, when that can change. And so, um, you know, I, you know, obviously I, I from us as, as, as men, from Ryan and I, you know, we send, you know, our condolences to you know, for Chris's family and to, to you and to, you know, around the NFL podcast or, you know, you guys have, you know, been going through it and you you guys are pushing ahead, but obviously it never gets, it never gets easier. Um, and obviously it won't be, like you said, it won't be easy when, when the season starts either.
2: No, but you, you got me thinking, you know, that, um you know, that time period right after he passed, like, having those sort of discussions as best as we could in the moment um i think was just informed by who chris was which was a guy that i had more meaning of life conversations you know with than just about any anyone i ever knew um now that you know maybe that was part part of him (laughs) uh getting sick the first time too that was part of it but man i had a lot yeah. of deep ass and and every, anyone that knows him would tell you they had a lot of those deep ass meaning of life what what does it all mean conversations wh- way before he ever got sick the first time so it wasn't just about that it was about um sort of who he was as a person which was like a searcher and a, a talker like a late night with, with yeah. a couple of beers just having that deep ass just, conversation that just was like really natural and in the way adam you said like sometimes when you lose someone it refocuses you cancer the first time around refocused him in a in a way that was um was beautiful really he was a beautiful guy uh uh, beforehand, but there was a, something special. Even in a couple of years, he was super healthy and and living life to the fullest. Uh, but before he oh. got sick again, and just being like part of that and being around that and yeah, w- was amazing.
3: And then dropped a drop the beautiful seed on the earth. You know, mm-hmm. like that's that's just so it's, it's sad, but it's also amazing. Uh, and I just always chuckle at. I think the last podcast he did was. <laughs> Him just shitting on Drew Brees in a playoff <laughs> for his playoff performance against the Tampa Bay Bucs. Hey, <laughs> really? I, I don't know if he's That's like right. just not shitting on, him, but like I was like,
2: like no, I, you're he, right. I like, like, in, in my head. I like remember that we, it was us celebrating the Browns' victory, which is a which was a great um yeah. Oh sure right. moment.
4: Yeah. But it wasn't.
2: There was one more week after that, and that was yeah, him shitting on Drew Brees, which was which was fitting too. You know he. <laughs> He had been shitting on Drew Brees and uh, oh, for like,
3: like, for like, three like two years. years now, like two, three years now. Like this man can't get the ball downfield. Like, <laughs> I used to be so pissed. I'm like, ah, damn. He was Clint. just like,
2: can't you see it? Can't you see? I was like, yeah, I guess I can see it, but it's still kind of working, anyways. <laughs> but he, was, he was right. <laughs> yeah,
3: he was right. He was right. Like especially like last year, it was like it was yeah. gone. It was it was like. I just want the last football question, like. Do you think the Saints uh squandered their opportunity by like holding on to breeze this last this one last season, the 2020 season? Like, should they have just like shut the books down and said, you know what, Drew, we're moving on. And go get Tom Brady or whoever <laughs> whoever they were gonna get and just move on and, and kind of pull a band-aid early.
2: Mm. Well, I think they were ready to do it as you guys obviously do too. That, you know, I, I do believe those stories that, you know, they were kind of, I felt like they had one foot out the door and was thinking he might be retiring, uh, last year. Yeah. I guess my answer would be yes, but they were, (laughs) you know, that's so easy to say with hindsight. And, um, was a really tough spot. Like, uh, just the, you know, sometimes life is all about timing and sports can be like that too. Like if you really break down the timeline of it all, man, they would have had to have been decisive early that oh. we are booting this dude to the curb and they would have not have known what was around door number two. That's the reality. Oh. They could have not known in that moment that they were going to definitely get drew breeze. And the contract was all messed up with, with breeze because they kind of were already, they were already kind of pot committed to this. Like we're going to ride this till it died just with the yeah. nature of the, the, the one year, you know, add on fake yeah. two year contracts they had. So they were, they were kind of already stuck, uh, yeah. but they would, it would have been, it would have taken some brass balls to, to do it. Uh, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, it, it would have. Cause it, it, cause at that point it wouldn't have even been like, they had someone like Mahomes in the building and then you could kind of, like, quietly push Drew out to another team. Like, because they, they, they missed on that opportunity. But, like, yeah, it, it would like have who been. Who else Brady. would it have been it other would have than been I Demo. guess
2: it would have been – it would have had to be Brady. I guess it would have had to.
1: It would have had to be Brady. Like, that That has essentially kind of – have. Been confirmed yeah. essentially that if Drew hadn't came back, that Tom Brady probably would Oh man, can
2: you imagine Tom um, Brady just slicing up that Bucks defense? Like that whole Todd Bowlesessance would have never happened. We would have had Alvin Kamara for like twenty four hundred yards. Oh my
3: people,
2: god, people would. A, I don't wanna, people
3: this people would right be like here. doing the
2: Benson, the Brady boogie. They would make. They would call it. They'd break out the umbrella. <laughs> For The Brady boogie
3: bits are coming from out the bits are coming from out the grave. Like, <laughs> oh man,
2: I'm just messing with you guys. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs>
1: no, it's, it's hilarious, it, does, it doesn't affect me. No, uh, the last I, I, I have for you is getting back to your projected star series. You know, we got we got to tie it, tie it on. Give me a team from the NFC and a team from the AFC that that. Upon going in, you felt better about them initially before you started the series. Don't give me—I'm going to say—but you can't give me anyone from the NFC East.
2: though ex- you know what, the whole NFC do. East does look a little better. That was like where it all was. I know. I, I read. I, yeah. I read it. I read okay.
1: it last night. That's well. Number I, I'm one would be
2: Denver. Them. Um, man, I think if you know, obviously, if they had Aaron Rodgers, they could win a Super Bowl. But if they had like Matt Stafford, I think they could win a Super Bowl. Mm. I mean, I, I—I think. I could be wrong, of course, of course, but I I feel like that's a top two or three defensive roster, and it's pretty close on offense too. If they had a better quarterback, you know, yeah,
1: that's, that... if, if Cortland Sutton is fully like a hundred percent back,
2: are are we a little concerned
1: that maybe like that that one good season of Garrett Bowles was just kind of like
2: right? And oh. the O line the O line's got major question marks. They haven't been good and uh yeah you're right even the good part of it last year was bowls as a question so so when o line and quarterback are questions like it's tough to call them a top 5 roster but it's like everyone's got some sort of problems yeah. uh and if you every other position to me is awesome the defense is awesome the wide yeah. receivers sutton if assuming sutton comes back and looks like the guy he was i mean talk about um you know, Wes uh, could not have been higher on Cortland Sutton was like a legit top five receiver, and uh, I don't think he was too far off on that. Jerry Judy's nasty. Uh, Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick's is, very underrated. Is good. KJ oh, Hamler could yeah. be better. Could be better this year. Then you got Noah Fant, who is nasty. You got Albert O. Who I really liked. He tore his ACL, but as a backup, you got Javante Williams, you got Melvin Gordon. Like, that is nasty. And then the defense, I'm not going to go through it all, but I think it's, it could be like the best defense in the entire yeah, NFL. Yeah. They so, got
3: corners, they got safeties. But then,
2: Teddy also keeps have, swan- have I don't want to talk about Teddy. Drew Lock. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to keep talking about Teddy, but he does keep landing in these, these, uh, spots where he's got a chance. Um, you gotcha. know, He's he's got a chance to do what he did with the Saints, I think, um, which is be in a good situation and win games with a good defense. Like I I do think their upside is a twelve or thirteen win team, even with uh, Teddy. Oof, oof. There,
3: there, are, there
2: are seventeen games though, so that's like twelve and five. Yeah, twelve and, five. <laughs> and, and 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 NFC. Let's
1: close it out with a team from the NFC.
2: Mm, that was better.
1: Like you felt better about them before going into them, but no one from the NFC East.
2: It did those. Those were the teams. Um, Those were the teams. To to be honest, I mean Atlanta's offense. That it, it. It's a. It is a little bit on Julio. Like I think that could be a top five offense, and if you've got a top five offense, you got a chance to win double digit games. I don't care how trash their defense is. Like you, maybe they could be like 24th or something. And then you could win a Like they, even without Julio, they could be nasty. I think uh, on offense, none of, none of the other teams, I, I think honestly would qualify in terms of like pleasant surprises. Like we know, like I knew San Francisco was going to be good. LA, Arizona, they're like a, a little worse. Arizona, I think than I, Arizona
1: such a weird team, man. Yeah. They are such a weird missed like they're not as bad as the Texans but like they made these like all in moves like jj watt and aJ green and uh, right. i don't
2: know i don't know. i don't know why you got it made me have to eliminate the NFC East, though i mean they, i think it's interesting that like the Giants could be a little frisky i think the Eagles yeah. could be a little the Giants frisky. Were frisky last season though no but better than that like you know w- you know flipping the record around or in washington could be like legit good it's
3: washington is like almost like the Denver, you know, yes. Like, yes, that's
2: exactly right. I yes. totally agree. Like, damn, if
3: they just get a quarterback. They can I mean, really you can you can say, say that about the Giants too, right?
1: Like, like, like Daniel oh, Jones. Like, 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 oh man, Daniel Jones should have a healthy Saquon. He has Kenny Galladay. He has Slayton Shepherd. My guy Tony Evan Ingram, who's the most overrated player in the league, but at times he makes plays. Like. Obviously, just like you know, offensive line is an issue too. But like, Daniel Jones is a huge question mark. He's such a huge question mark.
2: Yeah, Yeah. he's not like Drew Locke. I mean, he's not at like that level. You know, there are ways you could look at Daniel Jones if you like. (laughs) You squint your eyes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Is that what you want to do for like a player that was picked like what tenth in the tenth overall or whatever the draft like? But he, he he
2: he doesn't i don't think he has the instincts which is probably what's gonna kill him because he he has the athleticism to be able to create but it just doesn't seem like he totally has the instincts to like do it um because he does a lot of other things well like his numbers when he's not pressured it are pretty good like they're they're like his p f f grades and other or other sort of advanced stats like he was the second most pressured quarterback in the league. Part of that is he holds the ball, but like when he was protected and gets the ball out on time, like he was a legit, you know, NFL starter, good starter.
1: Anything else that you got,
2: Ryan, for we?
3: No, man, I let, Greg, let Greg go, man.
2: Like, <laughs> let, go, let Greg go watch um, the Lakers' season yeah. go up in flames. Who knows? Yeah. It could change, but it's 20 right now. The, and
3: yeah, that's that, that game's over, man. <laughs> that game's this is
2: over. this is giving me flashbacks to that Celtics-Cavs series when the the Cavs just kind of like like left in the middle of the third quarter, game seven. I don't know if you remember that. They is just... that the is that
1: the game before <laughs> LeBron went to Miami?
2: I think it was. Yeah, I think yeah, that's how. I, the I time do. Anyways. I remember, I remember that like, game. I, I've never seen a, a team sport where a whole team was just like, check please. In the middle of a playoff game. I mean, it was legit. I've uh, never seen like
1: that. The, I was like, the Bucks for sure did that to secure James Winston in the
0: second half. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, that's, that's true. <laughs> but that wasn't like Game Seven of like no, a, no, a, no, a right, Eastern no. Conference Semis. I think it was. It was no, like they they were just like, check, please. We don't give a fuck. You know, fuck you, LeBron, dude. There was a little bit of that too. It was kind of amazing. I'll I remember I got that. that game. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't. I feel like I don't have to plug your stuff, but in case you don't know, please can you give the the hyper vanity URL for your projected starter series, Greg? Oh, I thought, I thought you
2: were going to talk about my other podcast. That's what I'm going. Right. Gonna right. Plug, that's way? that's that's what gets me some extra dollars in the pocket is the oh, Jesselnick trying- and Rosenthal Vanity Project, which is with my friend who's a comedian, Anthony Jesselnick. So if yeah. you've never, if you hadn't heard of that one, people I'm people me. like it. Yeah, oh, thank you. Uh, I never uh, I never understand why people listen to it, but people like it, and you should listen to it. <laughs>
1: yeah, so listen to...
2: <laughs> that was a bad sell. I'm not good at selling.
1: <laughs> it's okay. We're not that great at it either, which is why we don't have... Any he's, funny.
2: he's funny as shit. He is funny as oh, shit. Yeah, cool. I, and, and I'm doing something really weird. You don't even know about this, Adam. Me and this my buddy Glenn Clark are like doing a very beta testing... Uh, grand slam tennis pod podcast
1: uh, oh look, this, look at this guy
2: <laughs> it's on youtube like we got like 20 subscribers so so we're, we're gonna we're gonna get it cleaned up eventually if we keep if we keep doing it we're just kind of working out the kinks now but only slams check it out on youtube subscribe
1: there you go are, are, are you got I, I i i got no do you guys address like the whole naomi withdrawing yeah, thing? That, that
2: was that was our whole uh, top of top of the last one we've done two of them so far we're going to do a couple more during the french it's just for fun just like let's do something just for fun yeah
1: um check out grant's work uh rsvp podcast with anthony jesson the grand slam on youtube
2: (laughs) um i mean you just called it rsvp it's so disrespectful that's like returning a letter (laughs) And then you said the Grand Slam. It was only slams. See, it's like... Uh, uh, oh, like only
1: fans, but with like slams. Like only fans, was...
2: but only slams. We're just going to do it for the two weeks of the Grand Slams, year, which is eight weeks a year. Like, you know, it's pretty good. It's pretty good.
3: Yeah,
2: it is. He's like RSVP. Our, our yeah, is...
3: when, when
1: Catherine Terrell was on the show, she works for the Atlantic, and I said that she worked for the athletic no she works for the athletic and i said she works for the athletic. yeah i'm i'm a mess mess.
2: i mean adam's gonna like ring me out emotionally having me talking about chris for 15 minutes (laughs) and then he's like hey go check out rsvp yeah uh
1: thank you so much for for coming on man um the se- the seat. We-, we might try to get you back on when there's actually something to talk about training camp No, related. yeah, let's do
2: it. Let's do it during camp. Let's do it during camp. And
1: there's there's storylines that happen during camp. And I I can almost guarantee you, like, if there's like training camp stories where like, oh, looks like Taysom Hill's winning the quarterback battle, would not be surprising. Oh
2: my gosh. Don't make- <laughs> I know. I've already <laughs> seen them pop up. Your boy Nick uh is but oh, you know.
1: let's, let's not say that, but uh... Yeah, just, just saying. But thank, thank you, Greg, for coming over. Appreciate you. Uh, with that, we're out. Peace.
4: You know how to book flights and hotels.